This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday. It is the first day of November and I am sad that I did not get to do the whole show last night with my Halloween graphics, which I love so fucking much. My Halloween graphics this year were spectacular. You guys might have had a few issues with the stream. Everything looks kosher. I do not think it's my internet service this time. Hopefully, hopefully we will stick with it. Everything looks good right now. Please come back to me, the people that were here and are no longer here. I'll give you guys a little bit of time. I'll just bullshit like I usually do at the top of the show. I've been arguing with an incredibly stupid motherfucker. Like, I can illustrate how incredibly stupid he is. But he is certain that he is intelligent. Now, I have asked him multiple times to call in to the show. Send him the link to the Twitch, to the Facebook feed. Maybe we'll hear from him. Hey, if you're listening right now, the phone number is 917-830-4359. I would love, love to talk to you. He keeps accusing me of stereotyping and discrimination and straw man. I don't think he knows what any of those words mean. Let me let me give you an example of his idiocy. Uh, this was part of an incredibly long comment he left me. If you don't understand go sovereignty and naturalization, naturalization of fethics, what laws apply to who and who has precedence? <laughs> For prosecution or liability if a person you also don't have any business giving your analysis. That is just unintelligible mumbo jumbo. I would have to take a guess at what this motherfucker actually meant to try to reply back to him. Because dude, that's not a cogent statement. That is dumb as fuck. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. Fucking shit. My in- Oh, my fucking internet. I mean, it looks like it's hanging on, but it's still... It's still not where it should be. This whole thing has just been infuriating. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. And my internet service provider said they're going to take care of it after I got knocked off last night. I had a phone number to message somebody and tell them, hey, here's what's going on. They said they were on it. Oops. We, we, uh. It keeps back. It goes green and then it goes red again. It goes green and then it goes red again. It's um, it's being kind of unstable. Is is what? At least it's hanging on though. So we'll try to do this show. 
And maybe, maybe we'll get somebody calling in. Hopefully. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, last night I really wanted to talk about executions. Oklahoma tortured a man to death last week. They're wanting to do it again. Now, there is some breaking news. In that case, we'll go over that. Julius Jones is the name of the man they're trying to execute. I think it's this week. It might be next week. I don't have my dates correct. Mariah Carey has been spotted smashing pumpkins in um, in a show of her reanimation into the world. Elon Musk. Elon Musk might be getting pumped into ending world hunger. I think he's dumb enough to let that happen. Everybody on everybody here knows my thoughts on Elon Musk. Let me still flashing red, but it's holding on. Let me do this. Stick with me one second. Hopefully the feed comes back to us. This is just, it's been a headache. It has been a headache, and it's the reason why I have yelled at Tex. Maintenance texts that have come here. There we go. You win again, FBI. No, no. We're doing a show tonight. We're doing a show tonight. It is green light. Refresh your streams. I am here. We are green light ready to go. Motherfuckers. Pay your respects, bitches. But I saw it say, it it said Mariah Smashing Pumpkins. And I assumed she had like a new cover song or something. I figured she could do pretty much any Smashing Pumpkins song better than Billy Corgan, I would assume. Billy Corgan is a shithead, but I actually kind of like Smashing Pumpkins. We're going to hear audio from the Supreme Court. Apparently, Justices... Amy Comey Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh might have misgivings about the Texas abortion law, which they should if they are actual constitutionalists. We're going to run down the races. Tomorrow is indeed election day. I plan on doing a Super Tuesday show where we're going to cover all of the races. We're going to run down. I've been specifically talking about the governor's race, and we are going to spotlight the governor's race tonight. There are other races going on. Biden endorsed a candidate in an Ohio special election. No, not special election. Maybe it is a special election. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they retired to take a position with the Chamber of Commerce in the state of Ohio. That's it. It is a special election. I'm sorry. Can't be a, a congressional election in an off year. The uh, American Devilation League is urging Fox to pull the Tucker Carlson 
special. I uh, I've seen very very little coverage of it. Apparently, it's full on fascist. The ADL is urging Fox to pull it. Uh, I did hear like Chank Uger's take on it, and and he's like, Tucker's wanting him to pull it. And that was the first. Like I've heard other people say that Tucker was prepping for a run for president, and I didn't. I didn't believe it because if you're in Tucker Carlson's position, an already incredibly wealthy man, you have an influential news show. I don't know why you would want to be president, but Chank actually can convince me. I I can see Tucker going. For the presidency, just because he wants power or some shit. Uh, Adam Kings... Uh, I am not high enough for this shit. Uh, Representative Adam Kinzinger has announced that he will not be seeking re-election. Uh, he was part of a redistricting map that apparently put him in a primary with a hardcore Trump supporter, so... He has decided he is not going to seek re-election. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna reshare this out on the Facebook. Hopefully, my Justin Freaking page is still live. We'll give it another share here. I'm I'm ha- I've got my fucking Facebook back now, which uh, it doesn't happen to me very often. I am in Facebook jail more than I'm not in Facebook jail. Pre-share that out. Hopefully we'll get our, our friend calling in for us. Come on, buddy. We'd really like to have a conversation. I mean, you, you keep fucking commenting on my page. Dude looks like a fucking toe. What's new? What's new with Trumpers, though? But, but, if you're out there listening, 917-830-4359, that's the dude that commented, if you don't understand go sovereignty and naturalization of of feathers. Oh shit, if you're out there, 917-830-4359, or if you're more technologically inclined, you can hop in the Discord. The link is down below, or somebody in the chat will shout out the Discord and give you the link. Because, like, we're, we're nice people, and we want to help you out. And we want to hear what you have to say. Apparently, you're very adamant about arguing with me on my Facebook page, so please, 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 now that I'm I'm live on air, call in 917-830-4359. We would love to hear from you. Ring, ring, banana phone. But I guess until then... Oh, 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 by the way, probably all this week, your pet videos or your animal videos are going to be like animals and costumes. Because I have a shit ton of really cute videos of animals and costumes. But I guess we aren't going to get a call in. We're going to have to do the news. So let's do the fucking news. Press Secretary Jen Psaki reveals she has COVID-19. This is what I was going to talk about last night. Kind of old news at this point. I think she uh, revealed it on Friday. She has not been in contact with the president since Tuesday, 
President Biden is in Rome for the G20. We're going to be talking about that and playing a few clips here in a little bit. Right-wingers are saying he shit himself. They're saying he fell asleep during a... I believe he fell asleep. Fell asleep during a speech. Because I, I fell asleep during a Mitch McConnell speech one time. Fucking political speeches are goddamn boring. I believe the motherfucker fell asleep. Has jet lag. It's not. It's not his fucking time zone. But Saki has not been in contact with the president since last week. Doesn't seem like it's likely that um, could have possibly infected him. Now we're going to go to an MSNBC News report on Manchin and his comments earlier today. This is Senator Joe Manchin apparently. Uh, putting the brakes on both, both, because the progressives are not going to vote for the bipartisan bill without the reconciliation bill. So apparently Manchin is putting the brakes on both bills now. Senator Joe Manchin not taking any questions, but he has found himself now for a long time in the middle of this ongoing debate over the infrastructure. That's weird because I got a hell of a lot of questions for that asshole. Clearly very frustrated with House Democrats who say that he is that they are holding the second bill hostage. Uh, on the other hand, he has been the subject of a lot of frustration on the part of he House is holding the bill hostage. I'm sorry. I keep punching Kristen my microphone hold way too much power. The frustration is everywhere. But the question remains now what? So joining me from NBC. News, uh, Capitol Hill, uh, uh, on uh, on Capitol Hill is Leanne Caldwell. Leanne, what up, Leanne? Uh, t- t- for Joe, welcome Manchin to come out and say what he said. Give us your analysis and where that leaves the bill right now. Well, Chris, Senator Manchin sounded very down on this 1.7 trillion dollar uh, social spending and climate change bill. You know, when he said he was going to hold a news conference, one one point, well, one point. That's what they've already compromised, and half the motherfucker, and he still can't support it. He still can't fucking support it. Are you? I've been incredibly sick. This is my first exposure to the news since like Friday. I ain't paid attention to shit. Funny thing for me to say when I'm I'm putting together a news show for you guys. We're going through it together. We're learning together. That's the way I like to do it. There would things. be some sort of news that he would perhaps say that he is supportive of both bills and that there should be a vote on both bills. But that's not what he said. He said that he wants to support and wants a vote in the House on this hard traditional infrastructure bill that has already passed the Senate. And he still has not publicly given his support on this other bill, the bill that ain't going to happen, Joe. Progressives really want. And so that's still the question. Uh, Let's go houseboat. Perhaps there was going to be a vote in the House on both bills as early as tomorrow, Tuesday. But that timeline has slid back. And the reason it's been pushed is because these negotiations are still ongoing. I'm told by multiple sources that they are trying to add back into this uh, proposal uh, this prescription drug pricing negotiations for Medicare, something that was supposed to raise a couple hundred billions of dollars, something that many Democrats have wanted. But 
that I can't believe we haven't been doing for like since eternity. Cinema of Arizona, who has forced the House to scale back this proposal, has not yet signed off. And another issue that is still up for debate is this issue of immigration. Uh, there is uh, there's a lot of people in the House, House Democrat uh, progressives, excuse me, the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, who want immigration provisions included in this legislation, despite the fact that it's most likely going to be stripped out of the bill because of Senate rules when it gets to the Senate. A lot of these uh, frontline... Can't pass through reconciliation unless it has to do with the budget. ...don't want to vote on immigration provisions if it's not going to become law. And so while Speaker Pelosi has now set two deadlines to pass both pieces of legislation... Both deadlines have slipped. We're into a new week. We're into a new month. They thought that they were going to get a vote tomorrow, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Ain't going to do it. And what people wanted to hear is from Senator Manchin that he's going to support this legislation, and it's something, even in a press conference that he held, it was not yet willing to do publicly anyway, Chris. Well, yeah, obviously, you mentioned that it sure seemed like there was all this optimism. I mean, obviously, the president, before he left for overseas, tried to make it look like the deal is right there. It's just ours to take. As you said, there was really this expectation the vote could happen tomorrow. Tonally, what we just heard from Joe Manchin, what do you read into that? And what do you think it means, big picture, for how quickly or if this gets done? Well, what we know about Senator Manchin is he has always wanted to make this bill smaller, and he's also wanted to slow down the process. So now they're at this point where it is almost done. We, he's an obstructionist. But, you know, both factions of the Democratic caucus say that they are extremely close, but they still need all 50 senators on board, and Senator Joe Manchin is one of them. And he sounded just as pessimistic just now that as I've heard him, really. He says that he needs to know what sort of impact this has on the American people. And the way well, I... Well, shit, are they not even going to play the clip of him? Goddamn. MSNBC, you suck. The Hill has it. Let's hear what Manchin has to say. And... We'll go with this little two-minute clip here. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll watch the full thing. This is Senator Joe Manchin from just a few hours ago. Hello, Sparkles. Are you feeling better? Let's wait. You have more want to come in? Oh, oh, when I mentioned I was sick earlier, it was not like Sparkles sickness. No, 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 no. I made egg salad at 3 in the morning, and it fucking tore my stomach up for some reason. I have no clue. Maybe it was the burgers I had earlier in the day. But, like, egg salad at 3 in the morning for some reason gave me horrid heartburn and farts that caused none of the cats to sleep with me last night. Speaking of farts, here is Senator Joe Manchin. First of all, I want to thank you all for coming. And uh, I've heard a lot of the mischaracterizations of my position since the president met with the House Democrats last Thursday. And I would like to make an attempt to clear up any confusion about where I stand on the legislation that's working its way through. It's your fucking fault we don't know your position because everybody's been like, well, what do you want, Joe? Well, you just want to fucking destroy all that you can on behalf of your corporate backers. We know this. Congress. 
and your own personal interests. Public service, and I've been around for a long time. I've never seen anything like this. The President of the United States has addressed the House Democratic Caucus twice recently to urge action on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which sometimes we refer to as the BIF bill. Last week, the Speaker urged, Speaker Pelosi urged the importance of voting. And the BIF bill. The BIF bill before the President took the world stage overseas. All right, BIF. Holy, <laughs> like, fucking, isn't Biff a character in, like, Death of a Salesman or some shit that, like, always fucks up? <laughs> and didn't, like, Jerry Seinfeld always call George that? Like, Biff Lohman, right? Am I wrong on that this one? This is not how the United States Congress should operate, or, in my view, has operated in the past. The political games have to stop. Twice now, the House has balked at the opportunity to send the Biff legislation to the president. Oh no, it's Willie is the is the other Biff is the. Say they can't support this infrastructure package. Biff is the character working towards any actual self development. On the reconciliation legislation, it is time to vote on the Biff bill, up or down, and then go home and explain to your constituents the decision you made. And I've always said, if I can't go home and explain it, I can't vote for it. And if I can, I, I will. I've worked in good faith for three months. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. President Biden, Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, and my colleagues on the reconciliation bill, and I will continue to do so. For the sake of the country, I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Holding this bill hostage is not going to work in getting my support for reconciliation bill. This is a negotiation. Last three months, I've been straightforward about my concerns that I will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our $29 trillion in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about. Nor will I support a package that risks hurting American families suffering from historic inflation. Simply put, I will not support a bill that is this consequential without thoroughly understanding the impact that it will have on our national debt, our economy, and most importantly, all of our American people. Every elected representative needs to know what they are voting for and the impact it has, not only on their constituents, but the entire country. That is why we must allow time for complete transparency and analysis on the impact of changes to our tax code and energy and climate policies to ensure that our country is well positioned to remain the superpower of the world. We're not, we're not right now. We're not the fucking superpower of the world. This all can be done. I, for one, won't support a multi-trillion dollar bill without greater clarity about why Congress chooses to ignore the serious effects of inflation and debt that have on our economy. And ex- honey, honey, inflation is caused by not taxing rich people. Guess what was inside of that bill, Mansion? Taxes on rich people, which you oppose. You oppose the billionaire tax. There are no billionaires in West Virginia, you piece of shit. For example, how can I in good conscience vote for a bill that proposes massive expansion to social programs when vital programs like Social Security and Medicare face insolvency and benefits could start being reduced as soon as 2026 in Medicare? Bullshit. Bullshit. Social Security. How does that make sense? And I don't think it does. Meanwhile, elected... Because you're lying. ...exploding inflation, that our national debt continues to grow 
and interest payments on the debt will start to rapidly increase when the Fed has to start raising interest rates to try to slow down this runaway inflation. Well, the Fed should be raising interest rates anyway. They've been rock bottom for, what, 15 fucking years now? With all of my colleagues to find a middle ground on a fiscally, and I report, I repeat that. A Look up quantitative easing. Legislation that fixes the flaws of the 2017 Trump tax bill that I thought was weighted far, far too far for the high-end earners and the needs of the American families and children. However, as more of the real details outline the basic framework are released, what I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the so-called $1.75 trillion bill estimated to be almost twice that amount if the full time is run out, if you extended it permanently. And that we haven't even spoken about. I don't. I have no clue what he's talking about there. None of us should ever misrepresent to the American people what the real cost of legislation is. Well, I've worked hard to find a path to compromise. It's you all- are the one that stripped out the pay fors from the bill. For a lot of my colleagues in Congress, it's all or nothing, and their position doesn't seem to change unless we agree to everything. Enough is enough. It's time our elected leaders in Washington, all of us, stop playing games with the needs of the American people and holding a critical infrastructure bill hostage. How dare this jackass say that? The reconciliation bill that we can all agree on. And we've been talking about this for months. Again, that we can all agree on. The American people are overwhelmingly supportive of the reconciliation bill. And when you break it down by individual proposal, it's like 70, 80 percent, motherfucker, that we can all agree on. No, no, no. The people that don't agree are your corporate backers. Maybe your daughter who is making money from the pharmaceutical industry. Or maybe even your own personal interest with your uh, coal business. Huh? To be clear, I will not support the reconciliation legislation without knowing how the bill will impact our debt and our economy and our country. And we won't know that until we work through the text. For the sake of our country, I, again, and I am urging all of my colleagues... Now, what, they're, what they are doing is they have to settle on a number and then give that number to the committee so they can hammer out the actual proposals. Manchin does not want to settle on a number... Until they vote for the other bill, so we can just say no to everything in the reconciliation bill. That's all this is. And I I can't believe they're talking about it as if it's a 1.75 bill now. Instead of the 3.5 bill that we had already negotiated down from $6 trillion. ...in the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It's bipartisan. 69 votes. We worked on that for many, many months. As I've said before, holding that bill hostage is not going to work to get my support of what you want. It's what we should all agree on and work through the process. I'm open to supporting a final bill that helps move our country forward, but I'm equally open to voting against a bill that hurts our country. And I've been very clear. And guess what? The progressive Democrats are equally open to voting against your nonsense Bliff Bill or whatever the fuck you called it. Reconciliation package. A package that really strengthens our nation and makes us better and leads the world. Thank you all. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Manchin. Let's see what Schumer had to say in response to Manchin. Biff. The Biff Bill. Now, last week, Madam President, 
President Biden unveiled a framework for his Build Back Better plan that will make historic investments to help millions of working and middle-class families achieve the American dream in the 21st century, while taking new and bold steps to tackle the climate crisis. Over the weekend, I bold steps. Assiduous negotiations with my Senate colleagues. This assiduous. The White House. Fantastic as word. Congress prepares to take action on the president's proposals. We are still talking and working through important details and making good progress. And I want to thank all my colleagues for their diligence, their expertise, and their commitment to getting something done. As I've always said, nobody is going to get everything they want in the deal but it will have some things that everyone wants. Even as legislative text continues <laughs> to get finalized, the framework itself already... Bold like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Straight from Zuckerberg's shelf. Things ...that will make a tremendous difference in the lives of the American people. It will help the middle class stay in the middle class. It will help those struggling to get to the middle class get there a little more easily. It will really help Americans in ways that Washington has not helped Americans in quite a few years. One way it will help is child care. Tens of millions of American families struggle with the unaffordable costs of taking care of their children. For some families, child care can cost over $10,000 a year, forcing parents to make the painful choice between going to work and looking after their kids. The consequences for our economy with its shortage of workers for parents and for... I can't make it through all this. <laughs> Especially knowing that our next clip is also fucking Chucky Boy Schumer. Apparently he has scheduled a vote on Wednesday for the John Lewis voting rights bill, which... Good. Let's see what actually happens. Madam President, the fight to protect our democracy from voter suppression and election subversion continues in the United States Senate. Later this evening, I will file cloture on the motion to proceed to the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, setting up a vote to take place on Wednesday. This bill, which my friend Senator Leahy in Durban worked assiduously to put together... So this is, this is basically the original Voting Rights Act from the 60s. ...the crowning achievement of the civil rights era that were wrongly gutted in one of the worst decisions the Supreme Court has made... Well, kind of just said, yeah, they have to reaffirm it after the Supreme Court decision done in 2013. majority on the court. Specifically, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act would update the preclearance protections that prohibited states with records of voter suppression from making changes to election law without federal approval. Recent history makes absolutely clear that we need these protections. And just just as soon as the Supreme Court decided in the Shelby case in 2013, just as soon as they decided that case, there's like 27 states had like new voting restriction laws. They were all fucking Southern. The Shelby decision, we now live in an era of increased voter suppression in the United States. After that decision... States like Texas, North Carolina, sadly, sprang into action. Yep. To make it harder for minority, younger, and lower-income people to vote. Many more states followed years later, and we are suffering the consequences of that decision to this day. That's another one of those things that Alec had thought, I believe, helped push through all these state houses. Clearances, because there's no more voter discrimination. Lord, were they wrong. 
we must reverse their awful Shelby decision. If there's anything that merits debate here in the Senate, it's protecting the precious right of Americans to participate in our elections. Since its original passage, the Voting Rights Act has been updated five times, five times. What's Manchin's position on this? Democrats and Republicans. We should likewise proceed this time around on this time-honored measure. I want to make clear, if the Senate votes to proceed on to the John Lewis Voting Rights Act Advancement Act, I am prepared to offer a full-fledged debate befitting this great chamber. Republicans will be given the chance to raise their objections, to offer amendments, and make changes to the bill. I know that both parties have serious disagreements on this important issue. So Is that we want what's to going on right now on the Senate floor? What they propose. But for that to happen, we need to start debate first. Uh, the Senate is not in session right now. To work through its process. We need 60 votes simply to say we will debate this issue. So I assume they're going to debate tomorrow. This week. Madam President, time is really getting short for the Senate to take action on voting rights before Americans go to polls in the 2022 elections. It is essential that we restore preclearance protections before the start and we, of... Like, we are in a redistricting year. That's the reason why Adam Kinzinger won't be running for re-election. Like, states are redrawing their congressional districts, and that's left up to state houses. And that's why it's so incredibly important that they pass this now to prevent all the voting restrictions that state houses are considering now. Next year, when states are set to consider another round of restrictive voting rights laws when their legislative sessions start in the spring. Indeed, the dangerous and draconian Republican laws we've seen in 2021 are only the beginning if this body doesn't take action and are a serious, very serious threat to our democracy, one of the greatest threats to democracy that's come around in a long time. Well, you know who has the power to kill the filibuster? You do. You do, Chuck. You do. And this inaction by Congress could very well be one of the reasons why uh, Biden's job rating has sank to 42%. By the way, Biden's lowest job approval rating matches Trump's highest. <laughs> just just to point that out for all you right-wingers that are laughing about Biden's approval rating sinking... Just nine months into his presidency, 71% of Americans say the country is headed in the wrong direction. This is a piece from NBC News. We have a brand new NBC News poll out this morning. Fucking scary ass Chuck Todd on my screen. It's filled with some scary news for the Democrats. The overarching message, Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their optimism for the country. At least they have right now. Just 22% of adults say we're headed in the right direction. A shocking 71% say we're on the wrong track, and that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. Well, yeah, exactly. On on our side, we definitely think we're going in the wrong direction, but it's not the same as what the right-wingers are saying going in the wrong direction. We're going in the direction they want to go, but they're still not fucking happy because they want to be fascist assholes and have Trump as a dictator. President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory, 49% approving, 48% disapproving. So what's pulling down the president's numbers? 
Well, look at this set of numbers. Just 37% say he has the ability right now to handle a crisis versus nearly a majority who say he does not. 37% also say he's competent and effective as president. 50% disagree with that description. What's more, Republicans, believe it or not, have double-digit leads in dealing with border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and shockingly, on getting things done. Democrats hold generally... How? How? How is that part? Look at those fucking numbers. How? How? Like, all of those things Republicans are responsible for. Like, crashing the economy and being shitty on national security. How in the world... Does 9-11 happen under a Republican and the Republican from, from the next, like, fucking elections on? Republicans looked at as good on national security. I don't, I don't get it. I do not get it. Do not get it. But, I mean, that's the power of the right-wing propaganda. It's done. Democrats hold generally smaller double-digit leads on dealing with climate change, the coronavirus, education, and abortion. And that's really it right now. It's not clear yet whether any deal struck by Democrats on the social spending and infrastructure bills will nudge Mr. Biden's numbers back into positive territory, or whether the damage to his reputation is more of a scar than a bruise. But this much is clear about the only good news for Mr. Biden and the Democrats in this poll is that the midterm elections aren't for another year. Well, that's, that's not looking good going into tomorrow's election. Oh, Now, Biden was in room for the G20 summit. Oh, that is, that is not Joe Biden. <laughs> that's the G20. <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, puppy video for the end of the show. Um... Hold on. We're talking about the carbon agreement. Uh, I don't want to read from fucking... We'll read from the National Resources Defense Council. Youngkin may very well win. Oh, hold on. This isn't what we want. Fucking shit. I will read from Uruguay news. I guess like this is hard to find. Fucking source. Biden announces U.S. U.E. negotiating a carbon conscious trade agreement. Wait a minute. I thought they were in Rome. Was I? Oh, did he? Did he go to Rome uh, to meet with the Pope, and then uh, the G twenty was in Glasgow? My bad. My bad. Once again, I've been unplugged since Friday. I have no fucking clue what's going on. As the Glasgow COP twenty six climate summit was starting, U.S. President Joseph Biden said from Rome. Now I'm fucking completely confused. So he was in Rome. 
The United States and the European Union had agreed to negotiate the world's first trade agreement based on how much carbon is in a product. Biden insisted tackling the climate crisis has been an all-hands-on-deck effort as he unveiled new steps to strengthen global supply chains. Now, when Biden was in Rome... Maybe still in Rome. I don't even fucking know. When in Rome. Apparently. (laughs) Jake. Hey. Jake does a show. We played a clip from his show the other day. He's in Glasgow now. Okay. We played a clip from Jake's show the other day. He was the dumb fuck that was whining about like how the Mars Corporation wasn't uh, marketing to his generation anymore. Played the clip of the boy wearing a dress in the Snickers commercial or whatever it was and just like tried to bully the little boy because his Fifi's got hurt that Mars doesn't market to him. Like, that's the thing, Jake. Mars isn't marketing to you anymore because my generation is the ones that have kids. And this shift in the market is what you're upset over. And you think it's tyranny. Multiple times I brought up to you, Oklahoma tortured a man to death last week. The feds sitting Steve Donzinger to prison on behalf of Chevron. That's actual tyranny. Not the fact that the fucking Mars Corporation doesn't market to baby boomers anymore. And you're throwing a tantrum over that. Your show is bereft of any kind of substance. You were talking about Mars Corporation not marketing to you and how Let's Go Brandon songs were in the top ten On iTunes, you were throwing a tantrum over the fact that the world doesn't cater to you anymore. You're an entitled piece of shit, dude. And you claim to be a Christian, but as I said, the sick, the incarcerated, the poor, the people who Jesus said to advocate for, you don't pay any fucking attention to. No, it's all about how the Mars Corporation hurt your feelings or about how you got trounced in the 2020 election and you can't get over it. So you have to like chant, let's go, Brandon. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. Fucking right-wingers are absolute morons. The dumbest fucks walking the planet. Now, I'm trying to get Jake to come on the show. Apparently, he thinks that arguing, defunding the police with me is a winning topic for him. I wouldn't advise that. If you want to come and talk to me about the cops, I'm going to ask you about clearance rates. I'm going to ask you about how they do at the shooting range. I'm going to tell you about the Louisville Police Department covering up their own rape of children. I'm going to tell you about the L.A. County Sheriff's Department having gangs where they had to kill somebody to initiate themselves into these gangs. I'm going to tell you about the Baltimore Police Department, which carried toy guns 
so that they could plant them on teenagers that they shot and killed. I'm going to talk about the NYPD framing Adrian Schoolcraft. I hope that you will come on the show sometime. I'm happy to promote your show. Because I would like to have the debate. Because I want to prove. I want to prove that right-wingers never have a goddamn clue what they're talking about. You want to talk about the Constitution? You want to talk about tyranny? I'm happy to have that conversation. And I will prove, prove that you don't actually care for the Constitution. That you ignore actual tyranny for this made-up idea that you are being oppressed because candy companies don't advertise to you anymore. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. The latest embarrassment for the right wing, though, is hashtag poopy pants Biden. These people are literal children. The mentality of children. That trends on social media after rumors emerge of Joe Biden suffering a bathroom accident at the Vatican. People on social media heavily criticized and mocked U.S. President Joe Biden over the rumored accident. Now, I want to know where the fuck did this even come from? The word around Rome is that Biden's meeting with the Pope was unusually long because Biden had a bit of a bathroom accident at the Vatican and it had to be addressed prior to him leaving. I know we joke often about this, but this is an actual rumor going around Rome right now. And then somebody else chimed in and said, I heard this from an excellent source. I mean, I pooped my pants before. So it's, it's not a big deal if you do, but like... They say this shit without any evidence. They just make shit up. Oh, did Biden fall asleep while he was in Rome? And it's glass cow. Glass cow. This is a challenge of our collective lifetimes. The existential threat, threat to human existence as we know it. And every day we delay, the cost of inaction increases. So let this be the moment that we answer history's call. President Biden overseas trying to impress the world on climate change, but he's not impressing anybody here at home. The president attempting to save the planet by riding around Rome in an 85-vehicle-strong gas-guzzling motorcade before this big summit end. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen all that as well, and them talking about fucking them 44 fucking planes to the, the climate summit. Hey, Jesse Waters, let me give you a, a, a little fact here. Something like 83% of all carbon emissions comes from industrial, industrial emissions. Industrial. Sending a third of his cabinet and an army of staffers to the Global Warming Conference in Scotland. While claiming the situation on planet Earth is so dire, President Biden reacted... What they call a red herring in logic. Meanwhile, back here in America, the president's crises are piling up as his approval rating tanks, down to just 42%, with a wild... The highest, the highest approval rating that Trump ever had. 71% of Americans say they think the country's headed in the wrong direction. 
But Biden says all that doesn't matter to him. The polls are going to go up and down and up and down. They were high early, then they got medium, then went back up, and now they're low. Well, look, this is uh, look, look at every other president. The same thing has happened. But that's not why I ran. I didn't r- run to determine. Well, once again, Biden's lowest is Trump's highest. So that I followed through on what I said I would do as president of the United States. <laughs> right, Maybe so, Trump was a point higher than 42. This climate thing, this is, it's gonna, oh, we've got the five. Oh, this should be fun. we got Gutfeld. This is urgency. Right. And, you know, if you sit down and put yourself actually through watching that video in its entirety, it wasn't just a blip. <laughs> it wasn't 15 seconds yeah. or twice. It was it a was full a minute, although Greg says he would have done the same. Um, that being said, you know, I was jotting things down as you were going through the open there. Um, really? So eloquent. Jake, would you just, Jake, are you, are you wanting to have a discussion? 917-830-4359. I asked you when you were going to come on because like I was going to set you up for video, have your, have your graphics and everything. Please talk to us, Jake. 917-830-4359. That is not what AOC said. Once again, I told you, I still man my arguments. Don't fucking straw man people. That is not what AOC said. That is not what the UN said. Do you want to have a conversation? Please, 917-830-4359. Or if you know how to work the Discord, the link is down below. That is not what she said. Uh, We have about eight years before we see severe drought here in the U.S., which we're already fucking seeing, and making large swaths of the U.S. unlivable. Which we're already seeing! And and I get so upset with these right-wing idiots that come in here like, oh, all the predictions haven't come true. Bullshit. Bullshit. It floods in Miami in, in fucking sunshine. Venice has to shut down. Like six months out of the year. There are whole islands that have disappeared off the face of the earth. Jake. But I'd love to have a conversation with you. But I'm, I'm not going to put up with you call yourself a Christian man. How dare you bear false witness. Not only are you straw manning, you're bearing false witness. You are not a Christian. Nothing about you is Christian. As I said, if, 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 by some strange chance, the Christian God happens to be real, I will stand in front of him and he, she, they, what the fuck ever, will take me before they will take you. Because you, hid behind the Bible in order to degrade other people, to put them down, to oppress them. I, on the other hand, advocated for the poor, the infirmed, the incarcerated, which is what Jesus said to do. Jake, have you given everything you own to the poor as you were commanded? Or are you instead fucking hawking t-shirts behind your PhD in theology and spending money on Facebook advertisements to promote your own fucking show where you jack yourself off. 
We watched the clip last week, Jake. She didn't say that. You're an idiot. If you thought that's what she said, you're an idiot. Let's go get it. Oh, so now it's 12 years. Now, the eight years thing was in the congressional hearing that we watched last week. This is the 12 years. Millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is. I don't know where she got that from. That's the first time I've heard her say that. I think she's being hyperbolic there. The world's not going to end. Human civilization will end. And we are going to see drastic effects if we don't do something in the next couple of years. And it's the truth. How did I fuck up? I don't know what she's citing. (laughs) Well, you said eight years earlier. Now, you were referencing congressional testimony. All right, fair enough. She said it. She said the world would end in 12 years. Now, you're taking her out of context. Okay, what does the UN report say? God damn. Call in, motherfucker! Don't just comment! You can call! Talk to me! So if she is citing the UN... The UN document... Says that we have 11 years to address it. 11 years to address it. Only 11 years left to prevent irreversible damage from climate change, speakers warned during General General Assembly high-level meeting. (laughs) Jake's full of shit. So there you go, she's citing the UN. Are you are you saying climate change isn't an issue, Jake? Also, I'm I'm not a big fan of he said she said bullshit anyway. I like to talk about policy. This AOC says the world's gonna end is just nonsense. It's a red herring. Please come on here and talk to me about policy 
I'm not changing the topic. I would love to talk about climate change. I mean, she was speaking in an interview and saying, rephrasing what the UN said and was making a point about, oh, but you're worried about how you're going to pay for it. Well, Jake, man, like, we're, we're talking fucking the East Coast is going to be gone. Motherfucker, the UN does not say the world is going to end. This is the actual goddamn document. You're looking at it right now. Oh, it's a hoax. The fuck? How is it a hoax, motherfucker? We can measure the carbon in the atmosphere. We can see the effects. I've seen the effects in my lifetime. When I was a kid, it used to snow for two weeks. Every year, you count on it like clockwork. Doesn't do that anymore where I'm at. I wonder why. Well, why don't you call in and talk to me? You have a fucking talk show, Jake. You're not, you're not scared. 917-830-4359. Come on, dude. What the fuck are you talking about, population bomb? When you were a kid... Hey, dude! Dude! I don't know when you were a fucking kid, but I do know that the Cuyahoga River used to catch fire. The acid rain used to fucking rust vehicles. We had to we had to create the EPA in order to prevent that. You know what was a huge issue when I was a kid? The uh, the hole in the ozone layer. We banned the chemicals that caused it and it repaired itself. You dumb shit. What you are citing is instances where we have taken action and prevented things. Jake Jacobs is a dumb fuck. Would you like to go back to when the rivers caught fire, Jake? Environmental issues are a big deal to me because I'm sitting just a few miles from a Superfund site where 3M dumped millions of gallons of chemicals. In the Tennessee River. I grew up in eastern Kentucky where coal sludge in our water was a common occurrence. I'm very concerned about the environment, Jake. And I would figure a Christian would be too since you're commanded to be stewards of the earth, dumb fucks. Come on, Jake. Call in and talk to me, dude. Because this is a podcast, too. And you commenting and me yelling at you doesn't make good for the podcast. Call in so everybody can hear you. Or are you a chicken? Come on, Jake. Did I spell your stupid ass name wrong? 
Motherfucker, well, how do we get to your page? I'm sure you said something stupid today. And give us a call, Jake. This is the guy that's in my comment section right now, the Jake Jacobs Show. By the way, um, he has uh, 1,000 people that like this. He gets six reactions. That means uh, I have about 400 people that follow me, and I can get six, seven, eight, nine, ten reactions in my shit. You paid for your followers. You paid for your followers. Once again, here I am trying to do a show where I actually talk about issues. And one of the things that I'm going to get to is Oklahoma torturing somebody to death. What does Jake talk about in his show? Brandon's poll numbers. You're just a baby boomer who is entitled, who has had everything handed to you. The government, media, corporations have always catered to you. Straight, cis, white, baby boomer. And you can't take it that that's changing. That's all there is. And you're not a Christian. You, you, you don't do anything with your show that would lead one to believe that you're a Christian. You're a grifter. Woke Halloween! Oh, this stupid fuck has a Let's Go Brandon shirt. Because every single right-winger like this dude has a merch store where they've got a Let's Go Brandon shirt because that's 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 how mediocre these people are and their dumbass followers eat it up and he's able to make money off of these stupid people. It's sad. I feel sorry for you, Jake. I feel sorry for anybody who consumes your media. Especially because you're not even that fucking good, dude. You kind of me, 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 and you look down the whole time, and you can't really speak well, and you um, 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 um. You're in my realm, son. Did he leave us? Am I just yelling into the void now? Oh, am I bullying him? Well, apparently, uh, the left is bullying the Southwest Airlines pilot. (laughs) Oh, goddamn. Southwest under fire after video services purportedly showing a pilot saying, Let's go, Brandon. I do want to head out to California now for a top story that we are following this morning. It's actually a very crazy situation. A flight.
Why the fuck would that be a top story? That's my problem with the media here in this country is why the fuck would that be a top story? Why is a Let's Go Brandon chant a top story? When a human rights lawyer was imprisoned by the feds, when a man was tortured to death by Oklahoma. Go fuck yourself, Jake. You hide behind this veneer of piousness. You are not a pious individual. You are a grifter. Attendant was I do not know how you sleep at night. ...aboard a plane bound for Orange County, California. Well, I do want to bring into the conversation Fox 11 Sandra Endo. She is joining us from the airport out there. I do believe it's a job. A lot of noise in her live shot. ...on what may have sparked that incident. Sandra, good morning to you. Really crazy situation to report on. What can you tell us this morning? Absolutely, Regina. We know that Flight 976, an American airline flight, departing from New York's JFK Airport yesterday afternoon at around 4.30, was bound for Orange County right here at John Wayne Airport. But that flight, Regina, had to make an emergency landing in Denver. That flight was diverted after an unruly passenger allegedly punched a flight attendant multiple times. That a Oh, wait, this is, this is different from the Let's Go Brandon. What? she had apparently asked this unruly passenger to wear a mask. Now, alcohol may have been involved in all this. Witnesses on board that flight say that passenger may have been having a few drinks before all of this happened, but clearly... Well, the video did not match the story. At least that wasn't their top fucking story. Good Lord. Social media users took to their keyboards on Saturday to react to newly serviced video. Here is the video... From TikTok. Visibility mostly clear skies, 77 degrees. Thanks for coming out flying the Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard. And remember, let's go for it. Winds at least about uh, seven or eight miles an hour. Good visibility mostly clear skies, 77 degrees. Thanks for coming out flying the Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard. And remember, let's go for it. Winds at least about uh, seven. Can't even really make it out. Happened on Friday morning on a southwest flight from Houston to Albuquerque, according to the Associated Press. Until and unless at Southwest Air fires its Let's Go Brandon pilot, I will never fly on that uh, airline. This is according to an actor and a filmmaker. By the way, get a lot of this in um, this whole cancel culture idea. In a society where everything is hyper-capitalist, Protesting with your dollar and causing boycotts is a legitimate form of protest. The news coverage of the Let's Go Brandon chant being repeated by a Southwest Airlines pilot brings to mind other Trumpian things that are permeating regular life. This is according to author Sarah Posner. Vulgarity stand-in from Southwest Air Cockpit, wrote Washington Post editor Kathleen Decker, who linked to reporting from the AP. Southwest has responded as of today. I believe we're going to hear from Fox News on this. Oh, we don't have a video? Nuts. Southwest Airlines said on Sunday it does not condone employees sharing personal political opinions on the job. All reported earnings today, but Alaska was the only carrier of the... Also, also a video that has nothing to do with the story we're reading. 
Southwest team takes pride in providing a welcoming, comfortable, safe, and respectful environment for the millions of customers who fly with us each year. Southwest does not condone employees sharing their personal political opinions while on the job, serving our customers, and one employee's individual perspective should not be interpreted as the viewpoint of Southwest and its collective 54,000 employees. Let's hear from another victim of this Trumpian mentality. This is Republican Adam Kinzinger explaining why a hardcore conservative explaining why he will not be seeking re-election turned from Iraq and made a decision that ran in the face of all odds insanity. I would challenge an incumbent in a seemingly unwinnable race for Congress. At that time, I was spurred to run by my conviction of our role in the world. Somehow I won and I'll never forget that campaign, the excitement of election night and the new majority and those supporters who reminded me to be my own man and to never do what they tell you to do, but do what's right. I stand tall and proud knowing that I have done just that. I also remember during that campaign saying that if I ever thought it was time to move on from Congress, I would, and that time is now. But let me be clear, my passion for this country has only grown. My desire to make a difference is bigger than it's ever been. Oh, is he not actually going to give us the deets? The leaders that don't lead is huge. The battlefield must be broader and the truth needs to reach the American people across the whole country. This country is in an incredibly perilous time. Yeah, because we got people like Jake just whining about their personal feelings. How we would overcome any obstacle. And propagandizing idiot followers. Always arisen to lead. Government for, of, and by the people always prevails. At this moment, that government is the problem. And few have risen to do anything about it. Because in this day, to prevail or survive, you must belong to a tribe. Our political parties only survive by appealing to the most motivated and the most extreme elements within it. And the price tag to pay- Oh, sir, well, you're making a great argument for compulsory voting, then. Simple. Power has skyrocketed. And fear and distrust has served as an effective strategy to meet that cost. After all, if a man take money out of politics, and that will solve a lot of these issues, he'll part with anything, including money, to ensure he does survive. Dehumanizing each other has become the norm. We've taken it from social media to the streets. We've allowed leaders to reach power, selling the false premise that strength comes from degrading others and dehumanizing those that look, act, or think differently than we do. He's calling you out, Jake. We've fallen for those lies, and now we face a poisoned country filled with outrage blinding our ability to achieve real strength. It has become increasingly obvious to me that as a country, we must unplug from the mistruths we've been fed. In Congress, I've witnessed how division is heavily rooted. There's little to no desire to bridge our differences, and unity is no longer a word we use. It has also become increasingly obvious to me that in order to break the narrative, I cannot focus on both a re-election to Congress and a broader fight nationwide. I want to- that's, that's code for the fact that he was going to lose. He was going to lose to a hardcore Trumper when they redrew the districts. 
Did Jake leave us? Is he not is he not gonna call in? Good lord. I would have loved to have had a conversation with him. Fox News star Tucker Carlson's upcoming documentary series that suggests the January 6th insurrection was a false flag operation drew escalating bipartisan criticism on Thursday. A letter to Fox News Corp uh, CEO Lachlan Murdoch, the Anti-Defamation League uh, CEO Jonathan Greenblatt, strongly urged Fox to reconsider airing this program, which is set to premiere next week on Fox Nation, Fox News' online subscription streaming service, noting that Carlson's three-part Patriot Purge series features a laundry, laundry list of disinformation artists who argue the Capitol riot was an inside job with the intention of rounding up and imprisoning conservatives. And this premise is an indisputable lie and blatant attempt to rewrite history. Yes, the the Australian chimed in to tell me, Lachlan, Lachlan Murdoch. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Where is the line for you and Fox? Greenblatt wrote, how many more people need to die or how many individuals must subscribe to groundless conspiracies before you say enough is enough? Inflammatory rhetoric of this sort is neither legitimate political discourse nor spirited debate. It is dangerous rhetoric that could catalyze violence, whether directed at the Jewish community or other minority groups. Lock. Oh, I'm Lachlan. I actually don't care enough to get his name right. It's not the Lochness monster. It's Glass Cow. It's Glass Cow. It's Glass Cow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a there's a callback to earlier. Even Geraldo is speaking out on Tucker. Yes, I want to watch the Patriot Purge trailer. fucking where's the trailer at good lord what was it called patriot purge (laughs) what was in the in that one clip from the freak show Spurgle's like you brought the wrong kind of cake you fucking idiot God, I'll laugh my ass off about that. Oh, shit. Let's watch the trailer for Patriot Purge. Holy fuck, this is fascist as fuck. Domestic war on terror is here, is coming after half of the country. The helicopters have left Afghanistan, and now they've landed. Well, the first, the first thing I want to say is that Trump supporters are not half of the country. You dumb fucks. You you are at best a third. You are a very loud and vocal minority. Here at home, on the left is hunting the right 
sticking them in Guantanamo Bay for American citizens, leaving them there to rot. We are dealing with an insurgency in the United States. Terrorism for white... Wait, the left is hunting the right and putting them in Guantanamo Bay? The fuck is that dude smoking? What? The left is hunting the right and putting them in Guantanamo Bay. The left that wants to close Guantanamo Bay. And we're we're hunting the... May I remind everybody that the vast majority of political violence that takes place in this country comes from right-wingers. According to the ADL, they account for about 76%. Of all extremist-related murders over the last decade. 76% right-wing extremists. Left-wing extremism, including anarchists and black nationalists, account for 3%. 3%. They were showing the KKK marching through the streets of Washington. That's your people, Tucker. You pe- the fucking Klan watches your show. David Duke fucking praises you constantly. Me. FBI, They've begun to fight a new enemy in a new war on terror. Not Al-Qaeda. White supremacy. False flags have happened in this country. One of which may have been January 6th. We've been saying Tucker's gone mask off for a while, but holy fuck. That is some Nazi-level propaganda right there. Jesus Christ! I fuck. Fuck me. I'm really disheartened after watching that. Also, something that's going to be disheartening is probably going to be when we're sitting here tomorrow night talking about the returns in the governor's race in Virginia. Here's the rundown from CBS News. For governor are trying to rally last minute voters one day before the election. Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin are in a dead heat in the polls. McAuliffe and Democrats are trying to keep Virginia blue as Youngkin has come out stronger in recent weeks. But Youngkin I, has his own fight. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial has started. I want to prepare you guys. A Yunkin victory tomorrow is highly likely. I mean, it's 50-50 right now. And I would say a the most likely scenario in the Rittenhouse trial will be a hung jury. If the defense does a good job, proves their case, there's still going to be one or two people on that jury that wouldn't convict him for anything. That's That's my take on it. I'm going to be surprised if we get an actual 
verdict. My, I put it at 50% a hung jury. I would say it's, it's 50-50 after that. So 25 guilty, 25 not guilty. So be prepared for this to be a wild week. He's holding his ground within his own base, trying to snatch up as many Trump voters as possible without invoking the former president's name. Meanwhile, former President Trump is hosting... Now, the reason that he doesn't want to invoke Trump's name is because Trump turns out Democrats. Kelly rally today to campaign for Yunkin, a rally Yunkin is not attending. For more on this, I want to bring in Charlotte Renee Woods. Charlotte is a local and state government. Good job, Trump. Now I've I've been I've been going down through social media posts and saying Trump says it's rigged. Don't vote on all these right wing sites. So I highly recommend you do that. Hit up the social media. Tell all these people in Virginia Trump says it's rigged. Don't vote. Great to have you with us. So. Glenn Youngkin wants Republican voters, but he doesn't want to be associated with the Trump name. But of course, the former president is actively campaigning for him. Quite a balancing act here, right? Um, win or lose, Mr. Trump might have something to say about the outcome uh, and you know Youngkin's involvement. How are voters responding to Youngkin's efforts to both kind of toe the party line, and you can argue that the Republican Party has become the party of the former president, um, and also sort of keep that... They become the party of goddamn nonsense. Virginia voters kind of, at this point at least, feel they want from the former president. I mean, for comparing and contrasting purposes that... Um, well, I mean, it's not like Trump to talk out of both sides of his ass, right, Warlord? Not as many as I saw this time last year at um, our fifth congressional district, Bob Good rallies, who ended up winning, um, who echoed a lot of Trumpian talking points. Youngkin is certainly, as you said, has his own battle within his own race. He has to try and court moderates, independents, or undecided voters, while also locking down that Trump, the Trump leaning base. And we know that Trump is a very divisive he inspires a lot of uh, emotions across the political spectrum um i reached out to yunkin's team earlier seeing if there was a statement about the tele rally tonight um and i was referred to a tweet from over the weekend where yunkin told an axios reporter i will not be participating um yeah so that that really is what he's speaking on it at the moment and there is spotlight on uh Luden county in virginia this is the county Loudon. That- those school board fights about masks and... Crit- not, not to correct you, I'm sorry, Tell ma'am. Tell us why this is such an important county to watch tomorrow. Loudoun County is demographically very sort of a microcosm in Virginia and all the key issues that are unfolding in this race this year. It's very politically purple. It's very suburban. Um, Over the summer, um, it definitely made national news multiple times for a lot of different reasons. And some of these things are what's popping up as the like education and parents' voice in education has emerged as one of the biggest issues at the end of the race here. Um, and also, it's just, that's an area that you should watch on election night for the polls. <laughs> it's Lachlan County. We have mail-in voting happening. Um, but yeah, it's definitely emerged as one of the... It's Glass Cow County! I would also keep an eye on Chesterfield County. It also has some of the similar demographics of, you know, suburban families near a major city. And there's also 
a historic lieutenant governor's race going on in Virginia right now between two female candidates. Whoever wins the race will be the first woman, as well as the first woman of color, elected to statewide office. So discuss the historic ramifications of that election. Yes, uh, Winston Sears is a black woman and Delegate Hala Ayala as an Afro-Latina woman. Regardless which woman wins next week, she will be the first woman of color lieutenant governor in Virginia. I think that energizes both political parties. Um, I think the thing to take away from this, though, is that Whoever holds the seat of lieutenant governor presides over the state Senate, and they are the person who casts the tie-breaking vote should there be any ties. Current lieutenant governor, uh, current lieutenant governor Justin Fairfax has cast over 50 votes um, during his four years as uh, lieutenant governor. So I think it's mostly important to focus on the policy differences between the two women. Um, for instance, Delegate Hala Ayala is very much pro-gun reform, and we've seen a Democratic legislature um, make a lot of reforms in recent years. Um, and Sears is very pro-Second Amendment. She appeared in an ad um, holding a rifle over the summer. Um, and then COVID-19, we are still in a pandemic. Um, Hala Ayala is pushing for, you know, get get your vaccine. Um, and Winston Sears won't disclose her vaccine status, but she has echoed what Glenn <laughs> has said, which is, I encourage you to get one, but that is your choice. Right. All right. So we might not know the results. More right wing threading the needle. Let's go over all the other races. Now, I've been spotlighting the governor's race, but that is not the only race tomorrow on Election Day. We're on Boutopia News for the federal offices. Kind of hard to see because of the color they use. Florida's 20th Congressional District Special Democratic Primary. This is Florida's 20th Congressional District Special Election. Ohio's 11th Congressional District Special Election and Ohio's 15th Congressional District Special Election. There's the Virginia Governor's Race, the Virginia Lieutenant Governor's Race, the New Jersey Governor and Lieutenant Governor, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and the Virginia Attorney General. So, three of the county's 99 state legislative chambers are holding regularly scheduled elections on November 2nd, the Virginia House of Delegates elections, the New Jersey General Assembly elections, and the New Jersey state Senate elections. We've got a bunch of mayoral contests, Atlanta, Boston, Buffalo, where hopefully India Walton is actually going to be seated as mayor. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Miami, Minneapolis, Seattle, and St. Petersburg. Apparently there are some school board Battleground elections in Atlanta, Denver, and Colorado. Remember, tomorrow is going to be a Super Tuesday. I will be with you. I'm wondering if... I'm going to be I'm going to be here tomorrow or not, Amy. I'll be with you for the duration of the evening. Midnight, 1 o'clock, who knows. Maybe some people will redeem points and get me drunk again. That happened last time we had an election. All right, this is audio from the Supreme Court from today. We're going to hear Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh discuss the Texas abortion law. I'm wondering if... 
in a defensive posture in state court, the constitutional defense can be fully aired. It could be free speech rights. It could be free exercise of religion rights. It could be Second Amendment rights. If this position is accepted here, the theory of the amicus brief is that it can be easily replicated in other states that disfavor uh, other constitutional rights. So that little phrase there is giving people pause that perhaps they are showing skepticism towards the Texas abortion law. Supreme Court wrestled Monday with the most significant abortion cases it has heard in nearly three decades, mulling the fate of a Texas law that has sharply restricted abortions in the state by opening health care workers and others to the threat of private lawsuits for facilitating the termination of a pregnancy. Kavanaugh and Barrett raised the hopes of abortion rights advocates with their questions in Monday's arguments, both aired concerns that Texas' abortion ban was designed to evade federal law and constitutional review. Nah, shit! Kavanaugh seemed troubled by the possibility that allowing the Texas law to remain in effect could lead other states to pass laws that would intrude on various rights protected by the Constitution, one of the key arguments the abortion clinics challenging the law put forward when asking the court to strike it down. Kavanaugh theorized that a left-leaning state could offer a $1 million bounty against those who sell an assault rifle, like an AR-15, then claim it wasn't using state power because only private parties could bring the suits. You are correct, Tones. Blatantly unconstitutional. It seems obvious. But uh, others are also concerned that perhaps, like, this case is going to lead Kavanaugh and Barrett to write an opinion that pretty much lays out what a abortion law at the state level needs to look like in order for it to pass constitutional mustard and get through their extremely conservative court. And I would not doubt that that will happen. That their dissent, if it is a dissent, will basically outline to Alec how to write a new law that will get passed by the court. Make no mistake about it. So the Supreme Court last week allowed an execution to go forward and it's it's fucking brutal. So Oklahoma death row prisoner John Grant has been executed. Oklahoma carried out its first first death sentence in six years on Thursday, administering a lethal injection to convicted killer John Grant hours after the U.S. Supreme Court lifted the stay of execution for him and fellow death row inmate Julius Jones. We're going to talk about Jones here in a second. The move came just a day after a federal appeals court temporarily halted the scheduled procedure for both men, Jones, 41, whose case has garnered international attention, is set to be executed on November 18th, uh, pending a clemency hearing on Monday. Now, we're going to have the results of that hearing it's actually three to one in favor of clemency, but the, the governor can ignore that. 
So it's a couple weeks from now when this is scheduled. Grant, 60, was serving a 130-year prison sentence for several armed robberies at the Dick Corner Correctional Center in Hominy, Oklahoma, when witnesses say he dragged prison cafeteria worker Gary Carter, 58, into a mop closet and stabbed her 16 times with a, home, uh, with a homemade shank, according to the AP. He was sentenced to die in 1999. Jones had been behind bars for nearly two decades for the 1999 shooting uh, death of businessman Paul Howell in a carjacking. Jones was a teen at the time, has said he was eating dinner with his family when the crime went down, an account his mother and others have corroborated. He has consistently maintained that he is innocent and alleged that he was framed by the actual killer, a high school friend and a former co-defendant who was a key witness against him. Now let me let me play you a clip of one of the journalists who was in attendance for Grant's execution. Now the reason the executions had been halted was because this this three drug cocktail that they used to execute people. It was the first drug was supposed to put them out to where they couldn't feel any pain. But instead, it paralyzes you to where you totally feel pain and you are completely aware of what is going on. And the next two drugs apparently feel like fire going through your veins. This is a reporter from the AP who is going to describe exactly what happened when Grant was executed. Look to the side as the uh, drugs began to flow. He, the first uh, drug, the midazolam, he exhaled deeply. He uh, began convulsing about two dozen times, uh, full body convulsions, and then uh, began to vomit, uh, which covered his face and began to ran, run down uh, his neck and the side of his face. Uh, continued to breathe for several minutes before. Uh, two members of the medical team or the execution team uh, came in and uh, wiped wiped his face. At that point, he was uh, still breathing. America really needs to abolish the death penalty. And had some involuntary convulsions, uh, vomited more, and then the uh, member of the execution team performed a um, consciousness check, and he was declared unconscious at uh, 4.15. Um, then the second round of drugs began to flow at about 4.16, and um, his breathing stopped about one minute later at about 4.17, and the um, Department of Corrections Director, Scott Crow, uh, declared the execution complete and the time of death at 4.21, and the um, curtains were lowered at that point, and uh, the execution was finished. Anyone else wants to add anything? Do you guys have any questions? You said you said he was convulsing. How many times again did he kind of mocking from Yeah, it was seemed like a full body convulsion about two dozen times is what I counted. That happened right after the bedazzling. Right. And the vomiting right after the bedazzling? Yeah. Well after he began convulsing, then he began vomiting. And all, all, Jeff, Sean, how long did all that last? Uh, 
That was, I mean, it seemed like a long time, but it was probably, um, I mean, he, he began convulsing shortly after the first drug started flowing. I mean, I could see the drug coming through the IV, and he began to convulse uh, pretty, pretty hard, I would say, um, and then, then began bombing about a minute later. So you just listened to a reporter described a state torturing somebody to death. In violation of our Constitution, by the way. Execution was the state's first since 2015 and comes just hours after the U.S. Supreme Court lifted the stay of execution. The high court made the ruling a day after the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals granted a stay of execution for Grant and high-profile Oklahoma death row inmate Julius Jones. As I said today, there was a clemency hearing for Jones 17 days before he is set to be executed. Um, I believe we're going to actually hear from Jones and his attorney. Possibly. There really were some extraordinary moments, although in the end, the vote was essentially what we expected, a three to one vote there in the hearing room. We heard from and saw Julius Jones for the first time as he made that plea to spare his life and also also an emotional plea from the Howell family. Truth is, I didn't, I didn't shoot that man. No, I didn't kill Mr. Paul Howell. On camera, appearing live from the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in McAllister, where he's set to be put to death in just weeks, Julius Jones asking for... The fuck does it... The, the fucking prison gate looks like goddamn Auschwitz or what, what the fuck? Julius Jones asking for mercy and maintaining his innocence. He said again today he wishes he wouldn't have associated himself with the wrong crowd when he was younger. I wasn't involved in it in any way. I wasn't present. I didn't even know he had been killed until after the fact. You know, I wish I could have made better decisions when I was younger. I wish, but I can't, I can't change the past. Motion to commute to life with the possibility of parole has been carried out. The Pardon and Parole Board voting 3-1 to one to Did recommend he be removed from death row and have the possibility of parole. comes after a major protest movement and a nationwide outcry. You now have a chance for the first time to question Julius Jones himself about my brother's murder. But tonight the Howell family says they're confident in his guilt and they want justice after decades of pain. Julius Jones murdered Paul Howell, a totally innocent victim in an execution-style murder, never giving him a chance to turn over the keys. Jones did this out of greed and for personal profit. Jones knew his punishment for murder. He chose his outcome. Jones, with this message to the Howell family today. I just want the Howell family to know, man, I do recognize their loss. And I hope at some point they they get to heal and to keep cherishing their loved one. 
And as expected, the governor's office saying they will not comment until he has made a decision on this case. And as he's well aware and as have we've been reporting to you, the clock is ticking on that. Uh, Jones is uh, scheduled to be executed two weeks from Thursday. The Supreme Court, of course, last week clearing the way for that to happen. There you go. And if I remember correctly, he also has diminished intellectual capacity. I think. Don't hold me to that. There's been a lot of executions lately. Where are those people that believe in the Constitution? Absolutely, it's a waste of time and resources. I am completely against any kind of punitive measure. I know the family thinks it's going to make them feel better for him to be put to death. I don't think it will. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Where's our good Christian man, Jake at? Come on, Jake. I even told Jake. like This became an issue for me. After I heard uh, Sister Helen Prejean, 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 Prejean speak at my college when I was in uh, when I was in college, in college, in college, I'm I'm frustrated. I just the first thing. The top thing that made me change my stance on capital punishment was when I found out that over 90% of the death uh, the death row inmates couldn't afford an attorney. That was like eyes wide open, like, holy fuck, we need to abolish the death penalty. But I mean, the state, the state tortured a man to death. Oklahoma tortured a man to death. Or a good Christian friend who was in here earlier talking about tyranny probably never even mentioned this case. Too busy talking about let's go Biden. Alright, so Elon Musk may be getting punked into ending world hunger. He's not a smart man. So I'm all for this happening. If the internet can coerce him into ending world hunger, I will applaud. UN says 6 billion from the world's billionaires could solve a hunger crisis. Elon Musk says he will sell Tesla stock and donate proceeds if the UN can prove that. God, he looks like such a douche in that picture. The billionaire Elon Musk said he'd sell Tesla stock and donate the proceeds if the UN could prove that just a tiny percentage of his wealth could save tens of millions of lives. Musk was responding to comments by David Beasley, the director of the UN's World Food Program, who told CNN's Connect the World last week that a $6 billion donation from billionaires such as Musk and Jeff Bezos could help 42 million people who he said we're literally going to die if we don't reach them. 
Musk is the world's richest man and recently became the first person in the Bloomberg Billionaires Index ever to have an estimated net worth of $300 billion. The index currently lists the Tesla CEO's net worth at $311 billion, meaning $6 billion would be 2% of his wealth. Such a donation would still leave him besting the world's second richest person, Bezos, by at least $100 billion and plenty of room for us to tax the fuck out of him. Both men's net worth consists largely of stock and companies they founded. Correction from the other day, I said that Tesla received a bailout in 2009. I was wrong. It was 2012. It was a five uh, five million dollar bailout. Five billion dollar bailout. What did I? Tesla received a half a billion, a half a billion. Company would not exist today if it hadn't been for the government belling it out. SpaceX wouldn't exist today if it hadn't been for the government contracts, which have kept it afloat. But Musk is challenging the claim that the specific amount will solve the world hunger crisis because, of course, he is. He's the well-actually guy. Saying on Twitter that if the World Food Program could show its math, then he would sell Tesla stock right now and do it. He also demanded transparency about how the money would be spent. Beasley responded to Musk by tweeting, I can assure you that we have the systems in place for transparency and open source accounting. Your team can review and work with us to be totally confident of such. He also clarified that the UN World Food Program had never said $6 billion would solve world hunger which is the wording Musk used on Twitter. This is a one-time donation to save 42 million lives during this unprecedented hunger crisis. Beasley has been repeating his call to billionaires, asking them to step up and address world hunger. U.S. billionaires alone have gotten over a trillion dollars richer during the pandemic. You're asking those billionaires who are going to space, the lights of... A trillion dollars richer. Jeff Bezos to help are they helping the governments are tapped out and this is why and this is when that the billionaires need to step up now on a one-time basis six billion dollars to help 42 million people that are literally going to die if we don't reach them it's not complicated and this is what's heartbreaking i'm not asking them to do this every day every week every year we have a one-time crisis a perfect storm of conflict climate change and COVID. It's a one-time phenomenon. I've got 43 nations with 42 million people in IPC level four knocking on family's door. Just help me with them one time. That's a $6 billion price tag. Jeff Bezos' net worth increase just last year during COVID was $64 billion. I'm just asking for 10% of your net worth increase. Just last week, Elon Musk had a $6 billion net worth increase. Hey, Jake, where are you at, dude? Where are you at? Have you given all everything you own to the poor like Jesus commanded you? Are you in favor of Elon giving over the money to the UN to help the poor like, you know, Jesus commanded you to? Or or do you think it's, it's, it's Elon's money? He can do what he wants with it. One day, one day, the 400, there's a bunch of them, but just 400, the top 400 
billionaires in the United States. The net worth increase was $1.8 trillion. 400 billionaires. All I'm asking for. Bullshit. 0.36% of your net worth increase. I, I'm, I'm for people making People worked hard for that spaceship, but it wasn't Elon. Helping people who are in great need right now. The world's in trouble. And you telling me you can't give me 0.36% of your net worth increase to help the world in trouble in times like this? What if it was your daughter? starving to death what if it was your family I, I know i know wake up smell the coffee and help well we'll see we'll see if elon puts his money where his mouth is believe me i will update you on this story i doubt i doubt he'll do it i fucking doubt he'll do it he will come up with some weasley way of why he Oh, they didn't provide transparency. <laughs> Fuck off, Elon Musk. It's November 1st, so you guys know what that means. They have awakened Woken Mariah from her slumber. I fucking I can't. I can't. I'm sure you guys all fucking Battle Opossum shows up for this shit. I saw his wife is already fucking putting up the the Christmas decorations. We went over the no nup November in the in the few minutes I was on last night. I jack off like twenty times a day. There's no no nup November for me. It was November 1st, so a lot of your friends on the social media have probably already shifted into Christmas mode. People you know in real life might already be listening to Christmas music. Those people are crazy. But now Mariah is ready to make some motherfucking money. Some people are not finished with Halloween yet. I've still got friends that said Halloween's not over. And as I as I mentioned earlier, I'm probably going to have videos of puppies in cute costumes all week. Because look at this fucking shit. I found so many of them. Look at this. Look at these puppies. Got them dressed up as Dorothy and Toto. And they're being so good. Look at these good boys. Those are incredibly well-behaved puppers. Oh, that's the cowardly lion. Oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. I didn't even get that. That actually makes more sense now, doesn't it? 
Dorothy and the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> I love it. I'm sad Jake uh, left us. Should have called in. Other dude that was talking about ivermectin on Miss Beastered that animal. I did. I did. I'm sorry. I'm I might have misgendered Dorothy. Who knows? I called them good boys just because they're puppers. One of them could be female easily. I'm not familiar with my. I don't. I don't know dog breeds. I just know those. Those are heckin' cute puppers, and I would let them slobber all over me. That's all I got to say. All right, if you're watching on Twitch, it is Meltdown Monday. The media winch hasn't sat down in the chair yet, but she will be around shortly. They're spinning some songs over on Echoplex, so just sit tight. The media winch will be with you. Hopefully it's not Adrian Curry tonight. I don't know how much more Adrian Curry I can take. Go ahead, light one up. Tip. Oh, 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 you know what? You know what? I forgot, I forgot. Let me... Last night... I was going to announce my new show. I didn't get the chance to. I had a whole segment and everything detailing what the show would be about. So, allow me to tell you guys about my new show that will be debuting on December the 25th. New show debuts December 25th. That is going to be a Saturday, but the show will normally air on Sundays at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Sunday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time will be Sinful Sundays from now on. I was I I will not be back on YouTube until after the first of the year unless like a few clips will go up the freak show goes up but like we we won't be doing the troll patrol just so fucking we talk about vaccines or covid or anything like that Warlord wanted the Patriot Patrol oh my god Yes 3 a.m. Pacific time Looking, I'm looking for that Echoplex raid. My neighbors are going to fucking hate me. You don't gotta wake up. But we're going to be doing a show that is going to be nothing but religious idiots talking about religious nonsense. Conspiracy theories are going to be a uh, are going to abound. I'm sure. It's going to be a lot like the Troll Patrol, only focused on religious content. It's 5 a.m. for me. That's when I will be doing this show. And that's usually about the time I will be going to bed. So you might you might get a, like a slap-happy freaking up in here. 
It might be simple Sundays. I don't know. I've debated on whether I want to put an S on the end of it or not. But the first the first episode is going to debut. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mainly focus on Christianity just because you know I'm here in the in the Bible Belt. But yeah, all religions. I'll accept all religions. We'll 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 see how it goes. It might it might um, evolve into something else. But I've been tinkering with this idea, and it seems like the right time. And uh, Sinful Sundays coming at you. The very first episode will be a midnight airing, midnight mass on Christmas. Gonna be a Saturday. And we'll do the normal episode the next morning. Hopefully, I might I might end up trying to do this show and then be like, I'm too sleepy for this shit. Fuck this shit. And then just completely, like, can it. But as of right now, we're going forward. Sinful Sundays coming at you on December 25th. I hope you like the new graphics. I am sad I didn't get to do the Troll Patrol last night and... Get one more night with my cool-ass Halloween graphics. And no, 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 I will not be doing Christmas graphics until we get like two weeks out from Christmas. Give me a calendar over here so I can show you guys what's going on. No, I don't want to actually sign into my Google. I just want a calendar. Fuck it, where's, where's my calendar over here? I can't show you guys this one. All right, my Christmas graphics will go up on December the 13th. Oh, go- oh shit. So we'll probably, I don't know if Sparkles will want to do a Friday Night Freak Show on Christmas Eve. Maybe. Or maybe we're going to be doing dinner. I don't know. No, not December 1st. Two weeks. You get two weeks of Christmas graphics. I do not put up Christmas shit on December 1st. It's too much Christmas shit. I'm not all about it. And I, I like to keep Christmas in December. I won't be listening to Christmas music until December. So we'll see. There might be a Friday Night Freak Show, Sinful Sunday, back to back. But I mean, Christmas is still a little ways away, so we've got plenty of time to discuss exactly what's going to go on. But since, you know, last night was Halloween, it was a special night, I wanted to debut the graphics for Sinful Sunday. I hope you like them. I spent a lot of time on them. I like the stained glass at top. I really like the font. Alright, if you are watching on Twitch, the Media Winch will be taking over in just a moment over on Echoplex, and we're going to go enjoy some Meltdown Monday, so go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I am Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.